0: Hello and welcome to Borderless Belonging, conversations on migration with two hijabis in the Nigerian. The topic of discussion today revolves around the hostile environment, a set of policies introduced in 2012 by the then Home Secretary, Theresa May. My name is Karen Folarin, I'm Nigerian and I study politics and international relations with Spanish and French. And today I have fellow politics student Mariam and Keniz, a sociology student.
1: Hi, my name is Marion Burchey. I'm a 21 years old woman. I am a third year politics and international relations student at Greenwich. I am a North African and I was born and raised in France and I moved to the UK six years ago. Throughout my life, I have had both academic and professional experiences and I am here to discuss the links between hostile environment and multiculturalism. Hi, I'm Canis, and I'm a sociology
2: student at the University of Greenwich. I'm of a Bangladeshi ethnicity, which is why the topic of hostile environment towards migrants was particularly interesting to me. I also love arts and design and I'm a political enthusiast. I'm going to be discussing the focus on international discrimination in hostile environment and my own personal experiences. I'll be discussing different policies which has caused a hostile environment in the UK and affects our day to day lives.
0: Well, my focus and contributions to this podcast is going to be on detention and deportation and how these themes relate to the hostile environment. I've decided to focus on these themes as the hostile environment policy directly affects me because I don't have recourse to public funds, a consequence of the hostile environment policy. This policy basically restricts my access to certain state-funded benefits as I'm subjected to immigration control. For example i'm not eligible for benefits housing assistance and in certain situations i have to make financial contributions to the nhs the uk's hostile environment measures were designed to restrict illegal immigration and make life harder for undocumented migrants and those who do not have legal status in the uk these policies include harsher checks on employment health care and housing such as the right to rent scheme practices that have led to an increased use of detention and deportation by the British government. One case of the hostile environment in the UK is the Windrush scandal. The scandal was a result of changes made to immigration laws in 2012 that required individuals to provide extensive documentation to prove their right to remain in the UK. The Windrush generation refers to a group of Caribbean migrants invited to the UK between the years of 1948, in 1971 to rebuild the country after the second world war. In 2018 it was revealed that many members of the Windrush generation were wrongly denied access to public services, detained and some were eventually deported despite living and working in the UK for decades. The Migration Observatory mentioned that since 2002 at least 83 members of the Windrush generation have been unlawfully detained, while at least 112 people have been wrongfully removed from the UK. Detention and deportation can be viewed as contradicting principles of multiculturalism. Arguably, this presents a challenge to find a way to manage the cultural diversity that arises from migration, while also trying to protect individuals' rights, regardless of their background or legal status. Mariam, could you provide an insight on the links between the hostile environment and multiculturalism, please?
1: So, hostile environment and multiculturalism are closely linked concepts. Kim Lickard defines multiculturalism as the view that all citizens of a state should be treated as equals and that each ethnic or cultural group should be allowed to preserve and express their identity in terms of their languages, uh, religious beliefs, customs and traditions. He argues that the state should recognize and protect the distinct identities of minority groups while also ensuring that all citizens have equal rights and access to opportunities. It seeks to create an environment that is accepting and welcoming of those who may not fit into societal norms and expectations. By promoting diversity and acceptance, multiculturalism can help reduce the effect of hostile environments and create a more equitable society It is important to note that hostile environment can still exist in multicultural societies and it is important to address this issue in order to create an environment that is accepting and welcoming of all individuals. In a multicultural society, different cultures and values can lead to disagreement sometimes and even social social tension, which can create a hostile environment. This hostility can be manifested in various forms, such as racism, discrimination, and violence. Furthermore, some members of a multicultural society may sometimes feel isolated and unwelcome due to a lack of understanding of their culture and values. This sense of exclusion can um, also contribute sometimes to hostile environment. Looking at all the policies implemented for multiculturalism in the UK, what's your experience as a British-born hijabi with a Bangladeshi background, Kanis? Thank you. Well, my
2: experience as a British-born Muslim Bangladeshi, I am subjected to several forms of discrimination, including racism, Islamophobia, sexism. Um, this can be referred to as intersectionality. However, I personally haven't experienced a lot of discrimination or struggles that my parents might have faced coming to the Dad, for example, was escaping Bangladesh as an asylum seeker and unfortunately wasn't granted asylum in the U.K. to be with family. He actually had to move to France first in order to dangerously come to the U.K., as the U.K. made it really difficult with the Immigration Act. And the Immigration Act was made to make it harder to get a visa. And in the instance that people overstayed their visas, they were given harsher punishments. So these policies have been criticized for their impact on human rights and for targeting vulnerable people who are already in difficult situations. The policies create a fear amongst migrants, which is evident in the immigration policies and detention and deportation, which I believe Karen could elaborate
0: on further. Well, in relation to Kinesi's point on asylum, One could say that immigration detention refers to the government practice of detaining asylum seekers and other migrants to establish their identities or even facilitate their removals. According to Silverman and Hegela, as of 2015, the UK immigration detention estate is one of the largest in Europe. Detention separates unwanted individuals from society and is a central component of the UK's hostile environment policy. In 2021, Almost 25,000 people entered immigration detention in the UK. Detention is basically a tool used by the government to detain individuals who are believed to be at risk of fleeing immigration controls in the UK. Detention occurs prior to deportation as it allows the government to hold immigrants in custody while their immigration status can be resolved. Deportation, on the other hand, forcefully removes the individual from the country. It often occurs when the individual does not have legal status in the UK, either because they entered the country illegally or because their visa has expired. This actually happened to my auntie as she came to the UK on a student visa, but after completing her studies, she couldn't find a job that would sponsor her work visa, so she became an undocumented migrant and because she wasn't able to return to Nigeria due to family issues she was denied access to public services amongst other factors which eventually led to her deportation. Deportation essentially creates a culture of fear in migrants that deters them from seeking help out of fear of being reported to immigration authorities and eventually facing deportation. Ultimately the concept of detention and deportation allows the hostile environment in the UK to be transformed beyond the boundaries of nation states and through the externalization of borders. Kinese, do you mind elaborating on the role that institutional discrimination contributes to the hostile environment, please? Yes.
2: Um, well the hostile environment was introduced in May in 2012 in the hopes that it would make migrants leave voluntarily it was designed to make life more difficult for those who are in the UK illegally in hopes that they would be discouraged from staying. As you mentioned the Windcross scandal made headlines all over the world in 2020 the scandal exposed a number of institutional flaws including poor record keeping and a lack of accountability resulting in many people being wrongfully deported and often without access to legal representation. The policy was deemed discriminatory due to its target on minorities and it suggested that racism is embedded in the very fabric of society and institutions. Another example is the Miranda asylum scheme which was announced in 2022 by Boris Johnson's government as a memorandum of understanding rather than a treaty. It shows the hostility and dedication to remove immigrants from the UK. This is connected to the world system theory, as the UK sets the norms for man- minorities to follow British culture and social values, which marginalises other cultures and opinions. So prejudice against migrants is bred by cultural imperialism. Overall, the UK's hostile environment policy is a purely an act of institutional discrimination and inhumane, and counterproductive. So, Mariam, having lived in both France and the UK, I'm quite interested in what your experience of the hostile environment was in France.
1: So, from my experience, the UK provides a less hostile environment to Muslim women wearing the hijab compared to other European countries. So, France established a law in 2004 which banned religious symbols from public schools and more broadly... Religious signs are banned from the state slash the public services. Through these laws, which theoretically apply to all religions, Muslim women wearing the hijab are the most effective and targeted. In France, Muslim women face a variety of forms of discrimination and exclusion. This includes exclusion from the labour market, unequal access to education unfair treatment by the police and all the law enforcement officials and cultural and religious intolerance in the workplace or their communities. So in addition, Muslim women in France often face difficulties accessing basic services such as healthcare um, due to their religious and cultural background. In fact, a Muslim woman because of her religion is more exposed to discrimination and violence and is less protected than the average French woman. So, as a young French woman from an Algerian background, I suffered from different types of discrimination, whether based on my gender or my ethnicity. Since I've made my choice to wear the hijab, I've been, and I am, the victim of a different type of discrimination called Islamophobia. For example, I was forbidden to study while wearing my hijab in my schools or even to wear it on my passport. This law has created a kind of hostile environment for Muslim women who wear the hijab in France. So somehow, one can say that it's a bit similar to the law that prevents some migrant whose access to work has been withdrawn from them. It is even impossible for hijabis to practice any sports or to go just to the beach. All these laws prevent Muslim women from flourishing in society and create a hostile environment. Muslim women are alienated from this society in addition, Muslim women are subject to many Islamophobic attacks. A recent survey said that 42% of French Muslims feel that they have been discriminated due to their beliefs. And in 2014, more than 80% of the victims of Islamophobic discrimination, hate speech and violence, physical violence especially, were women. As it is easier to identify Muslim women due to their headscarf, dress style, or their origin, which includes skin color, names, etc., which make them highly visible in the public sphere. Um, unfortunately, Islamophobia also proves to be a gender form of discrimination. The discrimination against those women are a combination of several types of discrimination. Consequently, gender and religion, and even sometimes nationality, ethnicity, or class, have to be considered together to offer full legal protection to Muslim women who face Islamophobia in France. Arriving to the UK, I could experience what I believe to be a better multicultural society with better multicultural policies. For example, spaces for prayer are present almost everywhere. Women who wear the hijab are part of a society as they have access to all kinds of jobs and education. Although the UK also have hostile environment policies and institutions, the UK seems to me to be less hostile towards the Muslim community and specifically Muslim women wearing the hijab compared to France or any other European countries. Kaniz, would you like to elaborate on how your experience in the UK is different from mine here and in France?
2: Well, actually, I think my experiences in the UK are different to yours, as although the UK is somewhat more cultural, however, in the 2021 census data analysis of ethnic groups of England and Wales, it was found that the white ethnic group remained the largest high level group, that's 81.7% and 48.7 million people. So potentially it could be argued that although the UK may be more culturally inclusive than France, they still implement a hostile environment which heavily impacts our experiences. I have experienced this growing up as I was always told to stay in my Bangladeshi community as my friends and family were subjected to racism and were fearful for my safety for example the go home vans in 2013 with the message in the UK illegally go home or face arrest written there that's just one example of discrimination and it creates a fearful environment for immigrants and ethnic minorities for instance people i know have personally been told Go back to your country. This is evidently discrimination and encourages towards the hostile environment we experience and is actually common as BAME individuals are significantly affected by poverty, unemployment, poor health outcomes and harsh, harsher policing. This is according to research issued in 2019 by the Runway Trust which is a think tank focus on racial equality. In my own area of Sir Hamlet and Hackney we receive, we receive higher levels of surveillance scrutiny and stop and searches than other communities as well as police officers racially profiling us based on ethnic race. Many males in my own family have been stopped by police and even been subjected to disproportionate use of force. It's unfair as it can create a feeling of being constantly watched which is intimidating, unsettling and causes a lack of trust and prevents them from reporting crimes due to bad experiences. All of these factors contribute to a hostile environment for ethnic minorities When they feel unfairly
0: targeted and unsafe. Thank you both for your contributions. Together, we have discussed the links of the hostile environment to multiculturalism alongside concepts of detention and deportation. Kinese has outlined the effects of institutional discrimination, and Mariam has compared her experience of the hostile environment in France and the UK. Thank you for listening to Borderless Belonging. Thank you.